Okay, good morning everybody. If I could just draw your attention back, that would be fantastic. Maybe take, retake your seats. I hope you've managed to chat to someone you've not chatted to before, introduce yourself, um, get to know people a bit better. Um, but the buzz of conversation, it's so, so excited to hear that. Um, my name is Jem. I'm one of the elders uh, on staff at the moment here in the church. It's a privilege to be able to speak to you this morning. And to really sort of finish our series, um, looking at the vision of the church that we've been, that we've been going, up, going over for the last four weeks or five weeks. And that has been looking at what the early church in the book of Acts was devoted to and how we're to do the same, to mimic that, to be devoted to certain things that in order that we, we grow and the church grows and the kingdom of God expands. That's what we've been looking at. This is the final week. We're looking at the final thing. Um, and Sarah, just as you, you introduced this morning about let's spend a moment just to focus on what's important. Unfortunately, what you didn't realize was that behind you was the video that was just being shown. And at that moment, there was uh, the preparation of spaghetti bolognese being put on a plate. And I got very distracted, I have to say. I thought, I thought oh, what am I having for lunch? <laughs> so, um, but I think, that, I think that, to me, that just sort of highlights how we can get distracted from the things that we are supposed to be devoted to. Uh, and this morning, we're going to be looking at being devoted to prayer. And um, so this time last week, um, Susie and my wife were here. We were sharing a little bit about what, what we're doing over the next month, that we're heading off to Greece on Tuesday, um, which you might think, oh, that sounds really nice. Um, we're going for a month, um, but we're actually going out as work. We're going to connect with people who are church planting out there and connecting with refugees and people working in different sectors um, out there in Greece to support them, encourage them, learn from them, and to just really just have a great time um, with them. And at the end, there's going to be a conference where we're gathering people from other Middle Eastern nations to sort of worship, support, and encourage one another in, in what people are doing. Um, it's so important to gather together in those contexts because often people are working on their own with no support. So we were sharing that this time last week, and we gathered together in the evening for the prayer meeting. And one of the things that we were praying for was um, accommodation. So we, we, we're connecting with this family. We've, we've been out. We've met them before. Um, but unfortunately, they bought, they bought a, no, fortunately, they bought a house. Unfortunately, they needed a lot of work doing on it. And it's taken a lot longer than they thought. So we were thinking we'd go back. We'd stay in this wonderful new home they had prepared with their little special guest suite and everything else. And we said, that's great. Um, but that's not happened. And they've been literally Bedouins with their two children for the last sort of couple of months as they've had to move from place to place. So one of the main things we were praying for was accommodation. Um, we weren't quite sure what it was going to be. There's stuff around. For, we wanted to live together. And there are a couple of other people coming out during the, the weeks we're there. Um, so it would need to be a fairly big place to accommodate everybody. And there's just nothing. We could, but it's about something like 20,000 pounds a month. Um, we, could, we could get a boat, actually, in the Med. We could, uh, we could hire a, a yacht that slept 15, and we could have sailed around the Aegean. Um, but that was, that was something like 40,000 pounds a month, so we thought, maybe not. Um, so that, that was one of the big requests. So we've been praying this week. And then Thursday, we got a message from them saying, they've got accommodation. We can all be together. It's in, it's in a college in, in Athens, not far from where the centre is. And, and more importantly, it's close to where their, their kids go to school so they can still get their kids to school every day and back again without, it, without them having to travel too far. 
And it means we can be together, we can hang out together, we can eat together, which is all the stuff that we wanted to do um, while we were there. So that's just, just encouragement as we look at prayer, that it's good to pray. God answers prayer, doesn't he? And, and I mean, I don't know about you, but I've, I've heard probably, I've, I've been a Christian 25 or 6 years, and I've often heard talks about prayer. And you if, you, if you've been a Christian, if you've been a follower of Jesus for a while, you will probably have done the same. You've been in contexts where you've heard about prayer. You'd have heard about the importance of it. And they're often the same quotes, don't they, come up in these, these, com- these, these, these talks. Um, one of them which I've always heard is, oh, you think you're too busy to pray. Whereas actually they say, actually, you're too busy not to pray. That those sort of things, aren't they, that you, you come across when you, when you hear. <laughs> you write that one down. Not heard that one yet, Matt. Oh. And that's one of those things that come up. And, um, <clears throat> but we know prayer is important. I'll just mention it an answer to prayer. We know prayer is important because we know that it's, it's, it's an access to God. We can speak with God directly because of Jesus and what he's done on the cross. He's given us access to the Father to pray, to speak to God and to hear from God. It's an amazing thing. We know it builds up our relationship with God, don't we? We know it's a real privilege to come to God to worship and prayer, and also to be able to express to God how we're feeling, what we're struggling with, what we'd love to see change and bring breakthrough in. And our understanding and teaching on prayer tells us that prayer changes things. Shared that story. So why wouldn't we want to be devoted to it? And yet we know that the reality of being disciplined in prayer is hard. They'll say that. Spaghetti bolognese behind you this morning, Sarah. It was a distraction. We know that the same thing happens. The things we want to be devoted to, we can get distracted very easily. And in addition to hearing this great news about our accommodation this week, we also heard some news, um, some very sad news and hard news actually this week from a really good friend of ours that her husband had been rushed into hospital on a blue light with pneumonia and has been in a coma on ITU for a long time. And um, our friend is Christian, her husband is not. Um, and so, you know, we, we sort of heard this, we committed to say, yeah, we'll pray for him, we'll pray for his healing, we'll pray for God to intervene. But it also reminded me that, actually, we, we'd also committed to pray for him to come to know Jesus. But when I thought about it, I thought, actually, how many times have I actually done that? How many times have I actually been deliberate and said, I want to pray for this guy that he will come to know Jesus. Jesus, will you break into his life? And probably it was just, just before we go to see them for a weekend or something, I was thinking, oh yeah, I must pray for him. I'm going to see him this weekend. God, will you give me an opportunity to speak to, speak to him about you? Um, but outside of that, it's like it just disappears, doesn't it? And how many times have you said, I will pray for you in your conversation and then gone away and just nothing's happened and we never do? And there's nothing wrong with that type of prayer, that sort of reactive in the moment type of prayer. To say, yes, I'll pray for you and pray now. Often we see sometimes in the Bible those instances. But is that really what it means to be devoted to prayer? If we sometimes forget, if we sometimes say things and then don't do it. If we sometimes say, yes, I will pray for you and then forget. It just, it just gets pushed to the back of our minds because other things come in. You know, other legitimate things come in, don't they? And we, we, for, we forget things. We know what we're like. As you get older, that becomes much more of a habit, <laughs> much more of something that happens. Um, you've got, sometimes you've got more in your brain and your brain needs to empty sometimes because it's just like, I can't take any more. So we know that we say these things, we want to do these things, 
Um, and we've heard over the last few weeks, haven't we, what devotion looks like. So each week we're looking at what devoted looks like. We've had examples of being devoted to sports, to hobbies. How it means giving time to it. Maybe sacrificing other things to focus on the one thing and what's being important. And the same is with prayer. Those things are still important with prayer. But I want to focus on, on, on one thing in particular. And if we want, to be, we want to be devoted to prayer, we need to be committed to. And that is we need to be committed to learning to pray. This is not just an intellectual exercise. We sit down and we write out a few notes. But it's actually a dynamic experience when we learn to pray that comes not just from teaching and hearing, but actually from being around other people. And what I want to emphasize this morning really is prayer is taught and it's caught. Okay, prayer is taught and it's caught. We need to learn to pray, but often the best way we learn to pray is from being around others who pray. That's really what I mean when I say prayer is taught and caught. Prayer is taught. Let's just remind ourselves of the verses that we've been looking at in Acts. Um, It's been Acts chapter 2, verses 42 to 47, and it says, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. (coughs) Being devoted to prayer, I think, comes out of the things that we've been looking at over the last week. It comes out of the apostles' teaching. It comes out of the breaking of bread. And it comes out of being together and fellowship. How we pray and what we pray for is informed by what we know and understand about God, the apostles' teaching, about Jesus and the gospel, reminding ourselves by breaking bread what Jesus, who Jesus is and what he's done for us. And it's informed by the lives and situations of others around us, the fellowship. It's prayers not just for ourselves, but for others and for the church. And in order to do this, we need to be constantly learning how to pray. The first place to come to is God. If we're praying to God, why not ask God how to pray? First point, first person to ask is, how do I pray? In Romans chapter 8, verse 26, it says, In the same way, the Spirit, that's God's Spirit, the Holy Spirit, helps us in our weakness. So we know we're weak in prayer. We know it's hard. We know it can be a struggle. And sometimes it says, we do not know what we ought to pray for, it says in that Romans bit. But the Spirit helped himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. So God himself, by his spirit, you know Jesus, the spirit lives in you today, the spirit helps us to pray today. God himself helps us to pray. But that all starts with Jesus. In the the Gospel of Luke, it talks about how Jesus teaches his disciples to pray. It says this, it says in Luke chapter 11, verse 1 to 4, now Jesus was praying in a certain place, And when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, Jesus said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins. For we ourselves 
forgive everyone who is indebted to us and lead us not into temptation. Now, we may be more familiar with the longer version of that prayer that's in Matthew. You may have been brought up in a school where they said that prayer. Maybe you come from a family where you would say that prayer regularly. In Matthew chapter 6, it's the expanded version, which you may be more familiar with. It says, pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Now, I don't want to go into what the Lord's Prayer means. Matt has produced an excellent study material, and which is going to be released through the blog over this week. So every day there's going to be something there on the Lord's Prayer, which will help you understand. It'll help you to teach what it is and how to pray. Um, a great tool. It'll be there every morning on the blog on our website. Please check into that. Sign up for it. Because I think it will really benefit and help you in learning how to pray. What does the Lord's Prayer mean? How we pray. So I'm not going to go through that in detail. Um, <clears throat> but I just want to bring out a couple of quick, quick points from this. And firstly, Jesus talks about prayer in the context of teaching. He teaches them to pray. In that passage in Luke, um, it says the disciples come to him, don't they, and ask him. So I'll say the first point of contact we want to know to pray is ask God. Disciples came to Jesus and says, we see John's disciples, he's, he's, John's taught his disciples how to pray. We've just seen you praying. Why, can you teach us how to pray? They wanted to know. There was a hunger and, a, and they thought, we need to know how to pray. Jesus, you can teach us. We're following you. Please teach us how to pray. <coughs> and also in the, in the bit in Matthew where he had the longer version of this prayer, it's in, the, it's in the big section of teaching. It's in the big section of teaching called, often referred to as the Sermon on the Mount. Sermon on the Mount, you may have heard that. And Matthew in his gospel, gospel in his gospel, he brings together big chunks of Jesus' teaching and, just, and squishes them all together in one, one bit. And there's this bit here and this bit there and this bit there. And this teaching on, on prayer, on the Lord's Prayer, comes in a big block of teaching, as I said, called the Sermon on the Mount. So Jesus teaches how to pray. The disciples come to him and say, teach us, help us. So we need to be taught how to pray. Prayer is not something that comes naturally. Sometimes we just think, oh, I'm a follower of Jesus, therefore I'll be able to pray. But it doesn't happen like that. That's not been my experience, and I imagine it's probably not been your experience. That we need to be taught and taught regularly how to pray. So the first thing is come to God himself. But the second thing I just want to... Just point out from this little, little bit about the, the teaching and how it relates is actually the importance of mission in prayer. So in Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew, it finishes by Jesus saying these words. This is how Matthew records the last words of Jesus at the end of his Gospel. He says, Jesus says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. So go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. Mission. Go to, the, go to the nations. Go and speak to people about Jesus. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son of the Holy Spirit. Baptism is an important thing. And then teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So Jesus' teaching is to be repeated. It's to be taught to others. It's for those who follow Jesus to teach others what he's already taught us. 
And this includes a teaching on how to pray. I don't know if you've noticed, but the first lines in the Lord's Prayer, that thing we just talked talk about in Matthew, that's, we often refer to it as the Lord's Prayer, after he says, worship God, our Father in heaven, praise be to his name, he's a great God, the first thing that Jesus says to pray for in terms of how to pray is your kingdom come, your will be done. First thing Jesus teaches to pray after worship is mission. God's kingdom come in the lives of people. So important. Prayer is, 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 is about mission as well. It's about seeing God come and move. It's about seeing God's kingdom come on earth. Seeing the understanding of the gospel and the presence of the Holy Spirit transforming people's lives. God, your kingdom come. What does that look like for my neighbors? What does that look like for my family? What does that look like for my nation where I live? Your kingdom come, Lord. Praying for mission. So we need to be taught. It comes in teaching. It comes in the context of Jesus teaches how to pray. God teaches us how to pray. It's also tied up with this wonderful sense of calling to bring the good news of Jesus to the nations. So the stuff there that, we, that teaches us, Jesus teaches us. As I said, it's not just taught, it's caught. The disciples' request to Jesus comes out of seeing how Jesus prayed. It said in that passage in Luke, it said, Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, his disciples said to him, teach us how to pray. They saw Jesus praying, and they thought, we want some of this. We want to know how to do it in the way you do it. <coughs> Excuse me. Jesus seemed to have a different relationship to God that they thought, Ah, we want that. It, it was an intimacy, but also an authority. It comes from knowing who God is. And he was able to pray in certain ways that they thought, I want to pray like that. They, they, they just didn't, didn't have the, just the teaching from Jesus, but they caught what he was saying. They caught how he prayed and where he prayed and when he prayed. They saw that and they caught it. So we, we, we do the same. Learning to pray, being committed to learning to pray means we also need to be committed to being around others who pray. The Lord's Prayer, though, is, is, is not just words to say repeatedly, which is often sometimes what happens. Maybe you've brought up in a, a traditional church where they do that. They say the Lord's Prayer, repeat the words word for word, or you've done it in school, you repeat the words word for word. That was never how it was meant to be prayed. It's a model of prayer. As I said, the blog is going to help you really this week to, to unpack that a bit more. But I would suggest go and look at how Paul prays. I think Paul's letters to the churches, I think, expand on what it is to pray like the Lord's Prayer, to pray out the Lord's Prayer. When I first started to learn to pray, I, I read through sort of Paul's prayers and letters and thought, wow, this man knows how to pray. This is why uh, I'm just going to read some examples to you because they're just really inspiring. Well, I think they are. They inspire me. Hopefully they'll inspire you. An encouragement for you to go and look at them. So in Philippians chapter 1, verse 4 to 6, he says, in all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion. We'll praise in joy for the other people, the churches that have been planted. In Colossians, he says, for this reason, since the day we heard about you, we've not stopped praying for you. How does he pray for them? He says, we continually ask God 
to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God. Wouldn't you love someone to be praying that for you? An amazing prayer. Wouldn't you love to be praying that for someone else? Someone in your community group? But they be, that they would be filled with the knowledge of the will of God? That the Spirit is moving in them to bring revelation of who God is? That they'd be fruitful? That the life they live is worthy of, of the calling that they've got in following Jesus? And then this one is brilliant, Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 15 to 19, it says this. For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. This is how I praise them. He says, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he's called you. The riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. What a great thing to pray for people, isn't it? What an amazing thing. But Paul doesn't just pray for others. He asks for prayers for himself. It's a mutual thing. It says in 2 Corinthians, in chapter 1, verse 10 and 11, on him we've set our hope that he will continue to deliver us as you help us by your prayers. He knows this. It's not just him praying as a, as a great apostle, but it's others praying for him. People praying together. And in 2 Thessalonians, it says, as for other matters, brothers and sisters, pray for us that the message of the Lord may spread rapidly and be honoured, just as it was with you. And pray that we may be delivered from wicked and evil people, for not everyone has faith. And then I just love this little bit in Colossians, in chapter 4, verse 12, where he's writing to the church. He says, Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ Jesus, greets you, always struggling on your behalf in his prayers that you may stand mature and fully assured in all the will of God. How does Paul know what Epaphras is praying for? How does he know that? How does he know what he's praying for? But also, how does he know how he prays? Epaphras is always struggling in prayer for you. He's doing it with his, with, you know, on his knees, it's, it implies. It's, it's, it's a constant battle. It's a constant thing he's doing. He's struggling and battling in prayer for the church in, in Colossae. How does Paul know that? He must be around Epaphras when he's praying, surely. Surely he must hear how Epaphras prays. How his heart is probably crying. Maybe even tears for this church to grow and that they would know God. He's struggling and battling in prayer. And Paul hears him. And Paul knows what's on, on Epaphras' heart. <laughs> we often get an insight into where people are at and what they're battling with, what they're struggling with, when we hear people pray. When we hear their prayer, because that's an expression of our heart to God. That's what prayer is about. So being around others, we catch what they're praying for. We catch the heart they have for the gospel. We catch the heart they have to see people grow in the knowledge of God so they can live a life worth living. Imagine people who are around Paul and heard him pray, they would have been in no doubt, would they? You listen to those verses of what he's just said. There'd have been no doubt how to pray. For themselves, 
for others and for the spread of the good news of Jesus. Being around Paul, they would have known how to pray. And prayer is taught and caught. It comes from being around others who pray. How does this work? In the moment, I'm going to ask Vivine to come and give a testimony. She come down already. You've, you preempted me, didn't you? I saw you sitting up there, and I thought, I'm going to give her a bit of notice so she can get down the stairs and be ready. But you're already there. See, that spot's being devoted. You know, she thought about it ahead. She knew what needed to happen, and she's there. So in a moment, I'm going to ask Vivine to come and give a bit of her story. <laughs> but my, but I just, I'm reflecting, my, my own prayer life has grown the most when I've been around people who pray, listening and asking questions of them. How can you pray with faith when you're going through such difficult circumstances? They've been asking them, say, how, how can you do it? How can you pray like that when I know what, what, what's going on in your life? And yet you can still pray in this way. Can you, can you teach me? Can you help me? Because I see it in you and, and that's what I want. And the first time I prayed out loud with others was when someone asked me to do it. What, you think I'm good enough to pray out loud? You think I can do it? I, I, I don't know how to pray out loud. I've never done it before. But it's done in the context of people who are for you and support you. So the first time I was able to pray out loud was when someone asked me to do it. It wasn't in like a massive big gathering. It was in a small group of people. Just said, yeah, why don't you just pray? And, just, and, and also what was really good was a specific thing. Why don't you just pray for that? It wasn't like I had to think of what to pray. It was like, just pray for that. Um, and that was just really encouraging. And from then, I've learned how to pray from being around others, listening to how other people pray. And one of the things I started doing during our weeks of prayer and fasting that we've been having was to think, actually, the time I would normally be eating or normally watching something or normally reading maybe a non-Christian book, I said, I'm going to actually spend that time reading a book on prayer, on how to pray or watching materials. And I got into How to Pray by Pete Gregg, um, which is a brilliant, again, resource to help you understand the Lord's Prayer. But I've done, each time I've got a different book on prayer and I've read through that during that week to help me to grow in prayer. But also, I've tried to get as long to as many of the prayer meetings during that week as I can to be around others and to be around those who pray. So I'm going to ask Vivine if she just wants to come up and just really give a bit of her testimony on why prayer is important. Oh, you need a microphone, don't you? That's what we need. Because I've got one around my head and it'd be a bit awkward to try and get it off. I had probably as many notes as you did. <laughs> okay, so, okay. We, we finish at 12, just to point out. Is that all right? No. Okay, so we're going to... The good thing is, the good news... You're saying I've gone on a long time. No, 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 I'm not. I'm not. I promise you I won't. I'm very obedient. <laughs> the thing is, don't ever ask me to do anything like this, because I just go into laying on the ground saying, God, speak. Why has he done this? So I have a million reasons why you can ask somebody else, but um, this year I said to the Lord, whatever you ask me to do, I'm going to do it. So I'm doing it afraid, I'm doing it shaking, but I'm here. Mm. Um, initially you said to me you were going to do an interview, and so yeah, okay. I thought, okay, that's cool. 
And then later on in the week, he kind of changed it. He's like, can you speak? And I thought, speak? Help! So what I will say about prayer, because I think you've covered it. Thank God, you'll be really relieved that most of my notes aren't covered, so I don't have to go over it. Um, prayer is a two-way thing. For me, it's a conversation with God. And I think it's really important to... Remember that because we can come to God and just go on and on and on and on, talking, saying our petitions, our requests. But actually, how much of that time is spent listening for an answer? So I think it's important to come to God in faith, believing that the things that we're asking for, he's actually going to answer. and He will, trust me. That's my experience, that whatever I ask of God, he always, always comes through. And um, one of the questions that Jem had asked me was, who inspired me? What had inspired me to pray? And I think it came from my parents. My father was a pastor, and my mother was a serious, I have to call her an intercessor, and it was a complete nightmare because there was nothing you could do that she didn't already know about. Um, and this came out of her walk with God and prayer. And I remember one day that I tried to bunk from school. And um, my friends and I, we ended up in a sweet shop and I was buying these sweets. And I felt this tap on my shoulder and there was my mum saying, what are you doing here? And I was like, oh, <gasps> I've never been so embarrassed in my life. And I was trying to fob her off saying that it was a geography project. <laughs> They'd sent us out in the fields to get information. And she just knew everything. You couldn't get away with nothing. And it was so annoying that she had this conversation with God and he would just lead her and direct her to exactly where you were and knew exactly what you were doing. She knew when you were lying. She... I just seemed to know everything, and it really upset me. And um, with my father, what I loved about him was his gentle approach. And he would hold prayer meetings, family prayer meetings. And these were meetings that we all hated. Um, so we knelt down together as a family and prayed over us. But then I discovered that in these meetings, God would actually meet with me. And he seemed to come on me. I was about six years old. I remember it so clearly. And I could feel like this warm feeling, like someone was hugging me. And so I began to kind of lean in on, on these meetings. I thought, oh, this is actually not too bad. This is kind of cozy. And um, that's how I learned to pray. And so I'd leave from there, go to my own room, and start talking to God. And he would literally talk to me. And then I was known as the wise kid. Because people would say, where did she get that from? And for me, I didn't think I was saying anything spectacular. But actually, I realized now, looking back over those times, because everywhere I went, people were going, this one's a bit different. Where did she get that from? It was actually... I was conveying to them what God was saying to me, but I didn't realize it because it was such a natural conversation. It was like he became my best friend. And instead of playing with my dolls, I was kind of like playing with God, like just talking to him and having fun with him. 
instead. And he became the person, my go-to, as well as my father, because I just love the way my father took the time out. If I said, Dad, can you explain this? Why did you say that? And he was always so gentle saying, I'm saying you this to you from a position of love because I love you. And I don't want someone outside the house having to correct you. This is why I'm saying this. If I went to my mother and said, why are you saying this? I'm your mother and you do what I say. And it was all a different, different take altogether. So they were kind of like chalk and cheese, but they loved each other and got on really, really well. So that was my introduction to prayer. And you also asked me what books I found inspirational. I found a book that's called The Prayers That Prevail. I wanted to bring it and show you, but my sisters have got hold of my library, and um, I think it's in one of their houses. <laughs> uh, but it's Prayers That Prevail, and it's uh, Victory Publishers. And it actually prays the word. And why I think it's fantastic is that it breaks it down so clearly what you, you can pray, prayers every day to pray. And they are prayers that prevail. And while it calls it prayers that prevail, it's because it's God's word. And God honors his word. And he watches over his word to perform it. So you're literally praying a prayer that is not hit and miss, you're on target. It's gonna, it has to come to pass. People often say to me, how do, how do you stay so calm and so firm in your faith when all this craziness is going on in your life? Because believe me, right now, I shouldn't be at peace, I shouldn't have joy, I should be so troubled with, if I were to go into the different instances and things that are going on right now in my life and in my family's life that are having a knock-on effect on me but actually they're not because I've what I call it is finding the secret place and, and it's Psalms 91 isn't it he says who he who dwells in the secret place of the most high shall abide under the shadow of the almighty and once you find that resting place in God once you find that place where you know that you can just keep coming to him. And that's what I hear God saying for this church. When, when um, Jem said to me, what are you going to say? I said, God, you, you, five minutes, you've got to give me something that is relevant, something that the people will understand. So I'm just going to quickly read it. What I wrote down, not all the scriptures, but this bit. God says, keep coming to me. In your brokenness, come to me. With your inadequacies and inferiority complexes, come to me. With your addictions, keep coming to me. With your fears, keep coming to me. With your depression, keep coming to me. With your failures, keep coming to me. With your sickness, keep coming to me. Friends, God wants to lavish his love on us. He wants to bless us. His word says that I know the plans and thoughts that I have for you, plans that are for peace and for well-being and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. And I think at the end of the day, when we keep that kind of perspective in prayer, we realize that 
God makes all things beautiful in his time. There's just one more thing I want to say, and it is that this is what the Lord was imparting to me, that the Lord loves to bless us. It gives him pleasure to do good things for us. When we keep this in mind, it helps us to keep the right perspective. As long as we're aware that God is ready and willing to be good to us, it doesn't matter what is happening in our life. It doesn't matter what storms and issues and situations, because we will view any challenge or problems as temporary. We'll see them as the temporary issues that they are. These situations will come and go, and trials eventually will end. But his goodness and his mercy, they follow us, and they go on forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Vivian. I think there's lots of stuff there that... Vivian, what am I doing? I don't need that. There's lots of things there that Vivian, I think, spoke and prayed for, that God is speaking over us. What an amazing thing to hear God speak to us and to be able to pray for those things. I think we'll have a prayer team later who just love to pray with you. There may be time in the service to pray for some of those things I think that Vivian was talking about. I'm going to ask the band to come up. Um, and it comes out of focusing our attention on God, first and foremost. So we're going to spend a bit more time in worship. But let's just remind that Vivian encapsulates it so well about by prayer is taught and caught. You know, she caught it from her parents, didn't she? How to pray. Some of it was pretty, oh my goodness, how, mum, how do you know that? How do you know I was in the sweet shop? How do you know everything I'm doing? But she recognised that came from our place that God was speaking to her mum and it was devoted. And her father, I just love that, how she described her father and his gentleness in teaching her how to pray, teaching her how to pray. Prayer is taught and caught. Why not start maybe by looking at the beginning of Paul's letters this week for you and see how he prays, see how you can pray off the back of that. Maybe think, who can you go to this week to pray with or to ask to help you to pray? What situation can you put yourself in this week where you can learn and grow in prayer? Maybe it's in your community group as you start to gather together. Maybe you can pray out loud for the first time in that context. And if you're a community group leader, why not think about asking someone just to pray for something during your meeting this week? Can you get along to the prayer meetings on a Sunday evening? We gather Sundays 6 till 7, although not this week, but every other week. We gather together to pray for an hour. Can you make that? Can you commit to doing that? Because you learn how to pray during those meetings. I love it when there's more people in the prayer meeting. I, I hear different people's hearts and different people's prayers. It's an amazing thing. If there's a practical thing you can do, start a list of people and situations to pray for. As I said at the beginning, you can sometimes get forget, can't you, what you've, you've said you'll pray for. Maybe make a note somewhere, have a little list so you can be reminded to pray for things. And what that does is you can tick it when the prayer's been answered. And you can see how God has been faithful through it all. So I think as we come to the end of this series, let's not forget that it's not just so that we can be a people comfortable in where we are, but it leads to mission, the reaching out 
to those who don't yet know Jesus. For the church to fulfill God's mission on earth, to fill the whole earth, it says, with the glory of God, we need to be devoted to teaching and to understanding the Bible, the apostles' teaching. We need to be devoted to remembering all that Jesus has done for us through his sacrificial death, through the breaking of bread and taking of wine. And we need to be committed to learning to pray so we can be devoted to prayer. And the best way to do this is to be committed to meeting together. Fellowship in our homes, on Sundays, in prayer meetings. We know we can't get to everything. But get to something. Because you're going to learn. You're going to learn how to, from the Bible, you're going to learn how to remember the gospel. You're going to learn how to break bread. You're going to learn how to pray. You're going to learn how to build relationships. You're going to learn how to reach your neighbours and friends with the good news of Jesus. By being committed together. Let's just stand together. We're going to focus our attention now on God. And there'll be opportunity then to pray for some of those things later.